Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Good morning, good morning, Sister Bongiwe. It's Fred, the truck driver. Sister Bongiwe, the people of Haman scratches the mayor. The people who are crying for their houses, they are calling the president. The president went to Hamas Kral. What is going to change, Sister Bongiwe? It's election time. Now they come with blankets. They know it's cold and there's no electricity. The president said you must boil the water. You know you don't have electricity. The people were clapping hands. I don't know. Parliament's become nothing more than a joke. Uh, Danelle didn't pitch last week to explain where the nine billion is. Our present uh, uh, minister of defense, Tandy Medici, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa and Fakili Mbalula all use a word that I can't use on air in parliament. Um, Gordon is always too busy to go overseas, so he never bothers to pitch any scope of meetings. Mosabin Zwani, he still owes us an apology for lying to us in Parliament, and so the list goes on. I would suggest we shut Parliament down, take the billion rand that it costs us, give us to the poorest of the poor, and sort out the pit toilets. Let the country be run from loot freely house where it is now, and we will vote them out in 2024. Mike Newlands. Mangata and the team, good morning to you in the studio. Uh, the majority of parliamentarians in this country are compromised. They are singing for their supper. Firstly, the Palapala report was never or was rejected outrightly by the majority party. Why? Because they're not going to have their noodles for supper. Secondly, the recommendation from the Zondo commissions have never been touched because some of these people are implicated. They are sinners. We trusted that come 2024, we're going to have men and women of integrity that are going to be occupying those benches in that August house. Rob Sultan, Dawazo Kanyili in Devon. Thank you very much for your voice notes there this morning. And that segues into our discussion this morning, looking at the role of Parliament and when it comes to holding the executive and, uh, you know, those who are also, um, you know, part of state-owned entities and all of that to account. And Deboho Siameja saying, in my opinion, the Parliament is not doing enough to hold the executive to account because of partisan politics by majority party. The ANC's parliamentary are too soft and, and accommodative to the ministers because of the so-called party line. And uh, let's then welcome our guests uh, to look at this particular topic. Uh, we've got Dr. Ongamam Dimga, a political analyst from the Nelson Mandela University and Brand Reputation Management Advisor, Soli Moeng, who is joining us on the line all the way from Switzerland. Good morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, listening. Morning, Bongi, uh, and Soli, as well as your listeners. Thank you. Let me start with you, Soli. Um, we, we, we've seen Parliament, you know, coming under fire for quite some time, including in the Zonda Commission's report. And now, once again, we see certain individuals either skipping scheduled meetings or rocking up for those meetings and pretty much saying nothing. Is Parliament still doing its job? It has it ever done its job? <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> the problem we have in South Africa is not just a matter of attitudes of these people who are in the in the parliament. There's also the system. That's why I keep saying the the, the changes that we need are not just to replace Ubongi with Nosoli or Nosoli and Soli Katsebo and all that. It's to say to ourselves, this system that we've tried, this parliamentary system that we've tried for 30 years, this electoral system that we've tried for 30 years, has it borne the kind of fruits that we have hoped for? 
for the kind of South Africa that we wanted to build, we sort out to build at the beginning of our democracy? The answer is no. So we need to change the system. We need to agree what are the things systemically that we need to change in order to get what we want. Otherwise, we're not going. To, we're going to find ourselves having the same conversations over and over again. Before I come back to you, uh, before I come to you, Ongama, I'm going to go back to Soli. The, this issue of the system, we saw it being raised in the Zonda Commission's report, and one thing that was raised that stood out for me was the, you know, a, a, a way in which Parliament needs to create a system that is going to allow a member of parliament of a different organization uh, to to be able to uh, to agree with something that is not the party line i'm putting it in inverted commas mm-hmm. um yes. to be able yes. to agree with that and then still have protection and not face sanction afterwards is that a possibility though in the makeup of parliament right now well, two things. One, the the people who are entrenched in the system and who have benefited from it for many, many years do not see it to be in their interest to, to push for any changes that will that would weaken their position as a troll, as, 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 as it were. That's one thing. The other thing is it shouldn't be up to an individual to, to decide which way they want to vote. We need a stronger constituency-based system where anyone who goes into parliament sent by the people, not by a political party, by a constituency, decides to do something that is counter to what they want. They kick them out, or they kick her out, they find somebody else. There's too much power in the hands of politicians, and that is a problem with that system. You agree or disagree, Ongama? Maybe let me explain. In a parliamentary system, uh, the executive is drawn from parliament. Unlike in a presidential system where the president is elected independently, even if he comes from a party that's represented in parliament. And the reason why it's a beneficial system is that it enables for you know more seamless decision making between the executive and parliament and you don't have the kind of deadlocks that you have in the u.s for example but the disadvantage is that the extent to which parliament can hold the president accountable is limited how mps have tried to overcome that in south africa is through uh, placing limit on the extent to which ANC majority can be used, um, by and that limit becomes legal matters. So, for example, um, because we're a constitutional democracy, that's a parliamentary system, it's possible if the ANC is uh, is using its it's abusing its majority to enforce accountability through the courts. It's more expensive, but it has been done before. Or, in fact, uh, when we study, uh, you know, relations between the executive and, 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 and parliament, we also look at the extent to which they are mindful of the potential backlash from the other party and therefore taking decisions that are game strategic, that are game theoretic. If you look at, for example, the protection of state information bill and how the ANC still having the majority that it had and the media appeals tribunal uh, still having the majority that it had but backtracked from implementing those uh, you know uh, 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 laws precisely because they anticipated that on constitutional grounds if challenged those would not succeed so while i agree about the limitations of the system i am of the view that also i think this is something Soli started with that 
also, though, the attitude mm. uh, of these people over time will change because the electoral system changes. Um, yeah, and, and, and by the way, it's not the system. Sometimes we, we tend to overemphasize the system um, in an environment in which you could actually have individuals acting within that system uh, make it a lot more accountable. Before we had, for example, the Musasa scandal, Vincent Smith was one of those MPs of the ANC was seen uh, to be, you know, a lot more pushing for accountability. I think it was within scope. And Onkama, if then, you know, things aren't done right, what is at stake when it comes to accountability? Um, what is at stake is that you have a repeat of an, a rampant executive um, that may not be accountable to the people of South Africa because they are protected by a, pal- a majority in parliament. However, Bongi, if we're looking at voter behavior since 2009, um, the voters have been responding to the failures of the system, culminating in the 2016 and 2019 and 2021 vote, where with each successive election, um, the, 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 the ANC has become a lot more aware of the gaze and potential punishment of the voters, and therefore uh, are trying in some instances only to to, to be seen to be a to hold um, a parliament and institutions supporting democracy mm. a lot more all right I'd like us to take a breather because when we come back I just need us to you know also look at in terms of accountability in terms of consequence management how has it fared especially given this the fact that we've seen so much come out and it seems the courts become the next avenue as you said Ongama to hold um, you know some of those to account but to what extent then does parliament then need to get in here and reclaim its former glory let's take a breather when we come back we'll continue with our discussion Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Let's continue with our conversation now looking at Parliament and the role it plays when it comes to accountability. Soli, let me come back to you because one of the, the, you know, the conversations is always around the fact that the portfolio committees should potentially be headed by independent individuals who are not part of any, um, you know, political party at all and maybe uh, just maybe there might be some accountability. Of course, we've seen some portfolio committees coming hard on certain individuals, but some say that it's not enough. In fact, it should be independent people who are heading up these committees. I wonder what is your thought on that one? Yeah, you, you'd, you'd have to work with that set of stuff into the Constitution. But look, we have, a, we have a vast array of options we could choose from. The very South African Constitution is a is a is a combination of lots of consultations around the world. It wasn't created from a, a, an empty thing uh, of thing of shit where there was absolutely nothing, no benchmarking, no looking at what's happening in Scandinavia, in, in America, and also other parts of the world. We need to do the same thing. We we are interested in where I live. 
for instance, they, they will tell you that the, the, the sovereignty, the power lies in the hands of the people, and it does. No politi politicians can make a decision. If the citizens are not happy with it, the citizens can demand a referendum. The citizens can, and that's, in the, in, and that's being practiced, the citizens can initiate a change to something. They can oppose something. The politicians can just go on and do their own thing. Now, in South Africa, we, there's, too, there's still too much reliance on the goodwill or the good health of, of people. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tired of hearing, yeah, but it is the change here. It is the try to do something right. We have a system where to, to get politicians to do right, even in the, in the National Assembly in Parliament, they, uh, other opposition parties have, got to, have to go to the courts to get the courts to intervene. I mean, we know about access to information, the panel parameter, the Zuma meter, a lot of stuff, stuff that should happen because it's the right thing to do. It, it's not happening because because political parties with power, the ANC, will do whatever it wants. It, if it wants to give more South African money to Cuba tomorrow, it will do so, and nobody can stop it. If it wants to ditch all relationships with the West in terms in favor of, of Russia and China for all time's sake of its own, it will do that, irrespective of whether it's good for South Africa or not. We like and the whole Zondo Commission report, it doesn't make sense at all, if you think about it, that such a report, given its nature, has to be handed over to the president of the party that is most implicated in everything that's gone wrong. Ramaphosa is a deployee of the ANC, okay? He would obviously have to take the, the report to the House to be discussed to decide what to do. So let's not pretend to know, uh, not to be su surprised at no action being taken, because the party is giving to the criminal gang to decide what to do with the report. It's been given to the criminal gang to decide what to do with it. It's nonsense. And Ongama, right on that point of uh, the State Capture Commission's report, I mean, you, you think of just how uh, how hard um, the, the report went in when it comes to Parliament and just how, you know, some of those that were in Parliament at the time, you think about former Speaker Meta Ndimudisa also appearing before um, that particular commission and even apologizing for the role of Parliament at the time and of action in order to be able to stop state capture. So if we continue on this trajectory, one then wonders how should Parliament be responding to the Zondo Commission's report? Recommendations have been made to mm. Parliament how to respond, um, including the point that you were talking about earlier, you know, the chairpersonship of committees by a, 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 a member of the opposition. Mm. There is nothing, though, that's going to be done, Jens, which is an, instruct, uh, an instruction from another, you know, uh, 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 arm of government, as it were. So, 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 so it's going. It's always going to be a function of the politics themselves. That's why the ANC was defending itself. We did hold the president accountable as parliament on the basis of the balance of power that's in parliament. So, 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 and, and by the way, there's never going to be anything that doesn't come from the nature of the politics of parliament, just to go, to agree again with the, with the systemic. But the challenge uh, is, is we sometimes, sometimes the South Africans think that there's a way to deal with what is political through the systemic um, so we've heard the allegations of vote buying, for example, from a template democracy in the world, in the U.S., the, the, where, where MP congressmen are actually, and women are voted in by constituencies. 
And, and, and in that system, we've had the kind of witnesses that we've actually uh, complained about, precisely because it's a function of politics and power dynamics. So politics, power is, is, is very central, regardless of the system that you are going to have, which is why other mechanisms get used, such as integrity, um, uh, you, you know, such as enforcing the law through the courts. And also, uh, we mustn't forget that civil society itself is also a part of the politics. Citizens themselves are a part of what enables or put constraints on, pres on presidents. And I think that as we get into an environment where with every election coming, there's, likely, there's a likelihood that there may be an outcome that is unpredictable, unlike in the previous 30 years uh, where, 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 where it's known that regardless of why, how fierce the, the, the campaigns are, it's guaranteed the ANC will win. So uh, accountability is enforced by the broader system, which is not just politicians acting within parliament. All right, let's uh, take a, a quick uh, break, and then when we come back, we start a discussion. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. In general, in a democracy, the parliament acts according to the support of a majority of the members, and a majority desired the accountability according to their requirement. So it is the responsibility of the voters to elect their representatives who are accountable to the Constitution and not their sponsors. Peter Rachene Rampatlela Mashid, good morning. Good morning to you, Peter. Thank you so much for your comment. And we do have this particular comment that is anonymous. Africa gained independence by mimicking European government systems and no African country will ever succeed on the basis of these systems. And we're still in conversation about a parliament. And when it comes to fulfilling its constitutional mandate, we're still talking to Dr. Ongamam Dimgam, a political analyst from the Nelson Mandela University and brand reputation management advisor. Soli Moeng speaking to us uh, all the way from Switzerland. Soli, one of the things that some people um, talk about, I'm thinking about, you know, a, 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 an article I saw um, in 2021, for example, by Hugh Corder, talking about the fact that, you know, while some statutory uh, bodies do report to Parliament and it's important for this particular accountability, but he also says that the committees also ought to be better resourced. Um, you know, in the administration and also in their research support. And some say that this is part of a critical aspect when it comes to fulfilling its mandate for parliament. Um, what do you make then of, you know, the resourcing when it comes to some of the committees? Is it adequate? Uh, it probably is not in all of the cases, but that's not my core problem. My core problem is is the system. <laughs> the thing is, if, <laughs> if you look at, for instance, how the, some of these politics, uh, policies, uh, sorry, polit uh, committees have defended their own people, including including the speaker in parliament, both Balikam Bet and the current speaker have defended the president 
many times. They beca they're supposed to be not non-partisan in their action in parliament. They've been partisan. So you you can give, you can throw all the money you want at ANC, cadet, uh, um, uh, dominated committees in parliament. If literally House says this is how it's going to roll, that is how it's going to roll. So we need to, we cannot not, we cannot stop having a conversation about uh, the system. We cannot, even former Deputy uh, Chief Justice Mutihan Mohsenike spoke at the time about too much power in the presidency. There's just too much power in the system, too much power in the hands of individuals. We can't rely on the goodwill of people and the slow movement of South Africa saying, oh, they're waking up now, they like this or they like that. Even the independent or so-called independent electoral commission, we know it's been abused in the past. Just go back and read the story of his former deputy uh, uh, chief uh, electoral officer, how he tried to stop them from playing the system and he was kicked out of the system. So it's silly for us Africans to keep thinking we just need better people. We just need more more ethics, more values. What we need are more checks and balances. What we need to ensure that we have a system that nobody can take advantage of. If they do, they get kicked out immediately. That's why Donald Trump didn't succeed in America because the system eventually kicked him out. And Ongama, when 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 then we, we think about you know the issues of systems versus resourcing versus a concentration of power in you know in, in some hands, some are even now looking at you know a lot of the departments that have been moved into the presidency and they're even complaining about the concentration of power there and the possibility of a lack of oversight. Wherever there is politics, there is power, unequally distributed. And that uh, textbook was uh, for, you know, introducing students to politics. The fact of the matter is that the political dynamics are in force everywhere in the world. Um, our electoral management body has been, you know, proven to run free and fair elections largely. And indeed, where there are instances of, uh, um, you know, a, a, a misconduct, has acted swiftly to deal with those. Yes, indeed, uh, the, the, the ANC, Mongi, to come back to your question, seems to be dragging its feet when it comes to this thing of having a parliamentary committee that is overseeing the presidency, notwithstanding the effect that you have, I think, about four ministers, if my memory serves me well, uh, in, that, uh, in the presidency. And, yeah, I think that uh, it's actually also part of the recommendations of the Zonda Commission. Um, why it's not happening? It's because ANC, the ANC majority is 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 is, is, is being used to derail that process. Solly, we have less than ten seconds. You were laughing. Why? Oh, 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 look, I have interviewed people who worked for the for the for the electoral commission before to say that it's always delivered free and fair elections ridiculous. It has not. You must ask yourself why they use Kosachi members, SATU, as electoral officers to manage the stations in, at, at schools. You must, you must ask yourself who gets the tenders to, 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 uh, to print ballot papers, to transport them. Do they print as many as we needed? Are there more? You need to ask yourself this question. There's an article I wrote about how elections can be stolen. 
and how they have been stolen in South Africa. Okay, because we celebrate all oh, they get 50 last time, they got 49 last time. No, no, there's a lot more happening in the system than Mr. Azo. Please, nobody must go there and say the electoral system has always delivered a free, free and fair elections. We need to scrutinize it. We need to create more buffers around it. We need to make sure that it and other state institutions in South Africa are not controlled and dominated by any one political party. That's what we need. Uh, I wish we had more time, but both of you are ending us off on a cliffhanger. So I'd like to have you both on this very last point that we talk about the electoral system whether it's free, whether it is fair, that's an interesting one all on its own. So both of you gentlemen, you owe me round two. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us this morning. That was uh, Dr. Ongamam Dimka, a political analyst from the Nelson Mandela University and Brand Reputation Management Advisor Soli Mueng who are joining us on the line.